Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna. I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and this is episode 17. The World Cup may be over, the Premier League still just over three weeks away, but there's nothing quite like the summertime. Sun shining, back-to-back barbecues and a fridge stocked with cold beers. On this week's show, we'll be looking back at Unai Emery's first game in charge, looking ahead to the Gunners pre-season tour, reflecting on a very interesting interview Arsene Wenger gave just recently, and joining me later on the show is football reporter Chris Davison to run through some of the latest transfer rumours. We're going to begin in a little place called Boreham Wood, which is not too far from me as it goes. The Gunners registered an 8-0 victory in their first pre-season fixture. Um, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang registered a hat-trick. Reese Nelson, Lacazette, Enketia, René Adelaide and Mkhitaryan all on the score sheet too. Now, we always play Boreham Wood in a pre-season friendly. Um, it's usually marketed as Boreham Wood versus Arsenal eleven. Because in the past, Arsene Wenger has taken far weaker squads than this one down there. A lot of players are normally sort of still on their holidays. So it was interesting this time because not only did we have a much better squad um, at our disposal, it was also Unai Emery's first game in charge. And that obviously added to the anticipation and the excitement amongst the Arsenal fans. So what did we learn from this friendly? Because I guess that's the most important thing. The result is neither here nor there. It's always great to win 8-0. But in truth, it was more about seeing what Unai Emery is going to bring to the table and trying to understand how he may approach the new season. Um, We we saw that Unai is open to a 4-4-2 formation. And that is something that we haven't seen at Arsenal for quite some time now. Arsene Wenger switched to this 4-2-3-1 thing Um, And he seemed to stick with it for quite a long time. He then ended up changing to a back three for a short period. It didn't quite work out. And and we sort of kept interchanging and never really had an identity in his last season, I suppose. Um, Lacazette and Aubameyang both started, started up front together. And particularly in the early stages, linked up brilliantly well. Both of them looked sharp and ready for pre-season. And it's great when your, you know, your strikers have not gone to the World Cup. I mean, it's not great for them on a personal note, but for us as fans, it's great to have two fully fit forwards firing on all cylinders going into our pre-season tour. In regards to the four-man midfield that Unai started the game with and finished the game with, I should say, um, I thought it was particularly interesting to see that at times they were in a, a, a flat four. Um, spread right across the pitch, your conventional four-man midfield. But then there were times where they reverted to a bit of a diamond as well. So it's interesting because it looks as though that was deliberate. It looks as though Unai Emery wants his midfield to become interchangeable during the game. And that's something that, that could be very useful and and something that we've lacked in recent years. You know, we've lacked the ability to change tactics during a game or adapt off our formation in order to combat our opponent more effectively. We also got to see a couple of debuts um, from Sogradis, who started the game, and obviously Matteo Guendouzi, who came on as a second-half substitute. Now, it's always difficult to judge players um, so early on in pre-season. Fitness levels are nowhere near 
where they need to be and that can have a massive impact on on a player's performance so I'm careful not to make quick judgments in that sense this fixture for me was more about understanding how Unai Emery may approach future fixtures now if he's implementing a new system you'd assume that he'd want to use it as many times as possible throughout the preseason tour and and try and get the players understanding it and and get them to learn it like the back of their hand I suppose um, before the season actually begins so it was more about watching what Unai Emery was going to do and how he was going to approach the fixtures as opposed to anything else. From an individual player's point of view, of course, it's nice to get on the score sheet and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang in particular will be thrilled that he scored a hat-trick, but it's more about getting match fit. That is the number one priority for a player taking part in these types of fixtures. Now, um, in Aubameyang's case, again, scoring three goals is is brilliant for your confidence no matter who the opponent is because I always say that scoring goals is a habit the more you do it the better you become at it and your confidence grows as a result of that it was nice to see Carl Jenkinson back in an Arsenal shirt I know not everybody rates him and, and I don't even rate him that highly but he's always someone who gives his all when he does play and and so you know I'm happy for him it's nice to see him back at the club and hopefully he'll get some chances under Unai Emery if he's still there come the end of the transfer window. Lucas Perez also returned, a player who I don't feel was treated fairly under Arsene Wenger. So it'll be interesting to see how he reacts uh, to his return to the club. He's obviously got a point to prove. Um, obviously, Unai is a Spanish manager and, and hopefully their communication will be a little bit better than it was with Wenger. And, and, and maybe, you know, he can put his arm around him and... and get the best out of him because there is a player in there somewhere. I'm going to take a quick break and when I'm back I'll be providing you with some information on how you can keep up to date with the remainder of Arsenal's pre-season programme. The Chronicles of Aguna 2017-18 is now on sale. The Chronicles of Aguna tells the story of Arsenal's final season through a supporter's eyes, attempts to shed light on some of the season's major talking points and features exclusive interviews with Ray Parler, Kevin Campbell, Tom Watt and Robbie Lyle. Available to order now from Amazon, Waterstones and all major bookstores, The Chronicles of Aguna 2017-18. Order your copy now by clicking the link in the description. Welcome back. As promised, I'm going to take you through Arsenal's pre-season schedule and provide you with information on how you can keep up with the latest goings on and, of course, where you can watch or listen to the games, depending on uh, whether you can get out of work or not. So Thursday, the 26th of July, is our first fixture in the International Champions Cup. We take on our Europa League conquerors, Atletico Madrid, in the Singapore National Stadium. Kickoff is at 12.35pm UK time. The audio is available on arsenal.com, but I understand that to watch it, you'll need to have Premier Sports, which I believe is a subscription channel here in the UK. Um, we then take on PSG on Saturday, the 28th of July. Again, it's a 12.35pm kickoff UK time, same stadium, same competition, and again, it's live on Premier Sports. We then jet off to Dublin to take on... Chelsea. Uh, that is on Wednesday, August the 1st. It's an 8.05 kickoff. Again, audio available on Arsenal.com, but the game is televised on Premier Sports. 
And then our last pre-season fixture takes us to Stockholm in Sweden, where we face one of Unai Emery's former clubs, Sevilla, in the Friends Arena. That one is a 7 p.m. kickoff. Um, so that is our last game before we take on Man City in the opening game of the Premier League season. Former manager Arsene Wenger has been back in the spotlight after he gave a quite interesting interview uh, with RTL's Christine Kelly. Um, having read the transcript, there were some really interesting points raised in there. And I think it's worth talking about, to be honest. Um, Arsene was asked, what is your biggest mistake? What would you say was your biggest mistake? And Arsene's response was perhaps... Staying at the same club for 22 years. I'm someone who likes to move around a lot, but I also like a challenge. I've been a prisoner of my own challenge at times. Now, read of that what you will. Um, there's been quite a few angry reactions to this uh, comment, with some saying, you know, that was your choice. It was your error. You you were the one that wanted to stay. We wanted you gone ages ago, Arsene. But I guess what Arsene is trying to say here is that he kept setting himself challenges that involved Arsenal Football Club and, and so he felt he couldn't leave and he was prisoner to his own desire to succeed with this football club. Would that be fair to say? Agree? Disagree? Let me know on Twitter. Tweet me at Chronicles underscore AFC. Interested to hear your guys' thoughts on that one. Another question put to Arsene was if he had to ask for someone's forgiveness, who would it be? And his response was, all the people who I've made suffer. In my line of work, we are constantly making decisions that punish people while making others happy. When you work with a 25-man squad, it's basically making 14 people unemployed every Saturday or Tuesday. Also, the players for whom I never managed to find the key to helping them reach their full potential. Honest and frank response there from our former boss, I suppose. And the third and final part that I want to highlight was a question put to Arsene, which was... What if you told us what you regret sacrificing to have had this career? Now, Arsene's response was as follows. I regret having sacrificed everything I did because I realize I've hurt a lot of people around me. I've neglected a lot of people. I've neglected my family. I've neglected many close ones. Deep down, though, the obsessed man is selfish in his pursuit of what he loves. He ignores a lot of other things, but it's a bone to chase at the same time. Often, I'm asked if Thierry Henry and Patrick Vieira will be good managers, and I always answer yes. They have all the qualities. They're intelligent. They know football. They have excellent skill sets. But do they want to sacrifice what needs to be sacrificed? It's an obsession which bounces around your head day and night. You wake up at 3 a.m. sometimes thinking about team selection, tactics, and formation. Now, I think it's really important to highlight this one and I've left this one till last because for me this is the most powerful one of the lot. Um, Arsene is putting it out there and showing the world that in order to have a career as successful as his um, and be in such a high profile role for such a long time, you will need to make sacrifices and, and I know we... we don't always realise that. Arsene Wenger has neglected his family and I understand that it played a big part in his sort of split with his wife and he hasn't got a great relationship with his child um, due to sort of footballing reasons. So it's important to, to understand what these top level sportsmen sacrifice 
in order to have the careers that they do because you know it's easy to sit on your sofa and say oh he's he's got it easy he's got all that money he's he's got the dream job but there are sacrifices that need to be made too so it's important to highlight that and and I think he's absolutely right in what he says about Thierry Henry and Patrick Vieira both have intelligence both have all the qualities necessary but Will they be willing to sacrifice? What needs to be sacrificed? And that remains to be seen. But those sacrifices are what determine whether or not you become a good manager or the best manager, um, in my humble opinion. So a very interesting interview. Um, I thought it was worth raising on this week's show. If you've got any thoughts on, on any of the questions or answers that I've shared with you um, this week, do not hesitate to tweet me at chronicles underscore AFC. And if you're not following us already, make sure you do. Right, it's now time to answer some of our listener questions. I'd like to say a huge thank you to each and every one of you who have contributed via Twitter. Unfortunately, we can only pick a small selection of questions for the show. Um, but here are the handful that I've randomly chosen this week. The first one comes from Melvin Marks. Uh, he says the board has rightfully taken a lot of criticism over the last few years. The recent overhaul of the club has a really positive feel about it. Should the fans give the board a thumbs up? For me, absolutely. Um, you know, the board, depending on your viewpoint, decided that it was time for Arsene Wenger to move on and, and sort of gave him the little nudge that he needed. Since then, we've brought in a head of recruitment, um, a new director of football, if you like, in Rouse and Leahy, and a new manager, and things seem to be moving. Of course, we don't know how this season's going to pan out yet. It's very early days. We haven't played a competitive fixture yet, and so it's it's difficult to, to know whether they've made the right call just yet in terms of signing Unai Emery and bringing in the backroom staff that they have. But you you're right, there is a real positive feeling around the place and fingers crossed, you know, this could be the start of, of Arsenal's re-emergence to the very top of the English game. The next question comes from Dave Bullock. Um, he says, who do you think will be number one goalkeeper next season? For me, it's got to be Bernd Leno. Um, based on the fact that we spent quite a bit of money on him, uh, there was obviously a need for a new number one at Arsenal based on the way Petr Cech performed last season. So, yeah, I'm pretty confident that, that Bern Leno will be our number one. But that's not to say that Petr Cech won't get his fair share of game time. I think he will play in the Europa League, maybe, and the cup competitions, um, just as David Ospina did last season. So, still plenty of game time for both of them. But in terms of our Premier League number one, I think it's going to be Bern Leno. The third and final listener question comes from Tom at TJGuna1411. Thanks for your question, Tom. And it is, are there any young players that you can see having a big impact next season? Now, this one for me is always really difficult to answer because every preseason you see one or two young starlets featuring in the team who look pretty good and then they don't quite manage to uh, break into the side once the season comes around. So, I guess based on what we already know about the young players we have at the club, I think Ainsley Maitland-Niles has got to be the one that we're looking to to really break through this season. He done brilliantly well last season, having to play in a position that was really unnatural to him in left-back for the most part. Uh, so, yeah, you know, Emery's spoken about how impressed he's been with him prior to coming to the club. So hopefully his arrival 
will inspire Ainsley Maitland-Niles and he'll be giving him opportunities in the centre of midfield to show what he can do and hopefully he'll push on and, and have a real impact on our season. We're going to take another short break and we'll be back with Transfer Talk. Enjoying what you've heard so far? If so, make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave us a review on iTunes. As part of our YouTube series Transfer Talk, I caught up with football reporter Chris Davison to run through some of the latest transfer stories involving the Arsenal. Welcome back to Transfer Talk. I'm joined as ever by the fantastic Chris Davison. Chris, how are you, mate? I'm good, thanks, Harry. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Trying to keep busy. World Cup's done. Uh, even mm. Wimbledon's done. Absolutely no sport to watch at the moment. No sport of any significance for me anyway. <laughs> no, um, same with me. That's it. That's it. Right, Chris, we've got a few um, sort of transfer stories that I want to get your take on. They've been doing the rounds. Um, I want to start off with the link to Andre Gomez of Barcelona. To your knowledge, is there any truth behind that story? Um, do you think that that could potentially happen or is it just paper talking of you? Um, I think it's also quite a bit of agent talk as well, uh, to be fair, Harry. I mean, um, uh, quite clearly Barcelona want to get rid. Um, the player's not happy there. He's even publicly said that it's, it's been hell for him. Um, you know, at Barcelona, it hasn't gone the way he wanted. He hasn't enjoyed his time there. Um, so, yeah, I think the, his agent as well is probably going to tr be trying to, you know, get in touch with quite a few clubs, try and get a move for him. Um, Emery will know him well from obviously his time in Spain, his time in Valencia. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a, I think he's a good player. I think he's got good potential. Um, maybe it's just that it, it is a case that it hasn't worked out for him at Barcelona, um, the system or, or whatever you want to put it down to. Whether it happens or not, I'm, I'm not too sure, to be fair, to be honest with you. You know, um, like I said, I think it'll be quite a bit of agent talk. Numerous amount of clubs interested in teams in Italy, I think, as well, as well as Tottenham's been mentioned as well, I think. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, obviously, there's been quite a lot of, you know, talked about sales as well at Arsenal um, before getting anyone else in. So um, time will tell with that one. Yeah, certainly. And, and I agree with you. He hasn't really hit the ground running at Barcelona. But like you said, sometimes it could be just the wrong fit. That, that does happen mm. in football, you know, and it's, it would be foolish to discount a player's ability based on the fact that it didn't work out for him at one club. Because obviously before he joined Barcelona, he was pretty impressive uh, during his spell at Valencia. So uh, certainly a player I wouldn't mind having at the club. Um, but talking of player sales, um, you mentioned that just there. There is a lot of talk of Petr Cech moving on. Um, potentially back to his former club, Chelsea. And I think that's all come about because there's so much talk about Thibaut Courtois heading over to Madrid. Chris, yeah. in your opinion, is Peter Cech looking to leave Arsenal? Um, I don't think he's I don't think he's looking to leave. Um, I think he's happy at Arsenal. Um, uh, obviously, you know, there'll always be those sort of links to Chelsea because obviously he was there for such a long time, a great servant for Chelsea. Like you said, this whole talk about Courtois leaving, um, you know, and obviously since he's been linked with Real Madrid, it came out in, in the media the other day that, that Chelsea were considering re-signing Petr Cech. So, I mean, if if Arsenal uh, are free to or open and let, letting him go, I'm sure they'll they'll um, let Chelsea know. And I think um, Chelsea will also probably inquire, you know, about the the, the um, possibilities of, of that sort of deal happening. But I think um, I think Czech's happy where he is at the moment. You know, I think 
Um, he was linked with Napoli early on in a window um, uh, and he, he, he ruled that out because he was happy in London. So, I mean, you can't totally you obviously rule out Chelsea because obviously it's a club that Czech knows well. Um, he'll be staying in London, so the, the move did happen. But I think it's still early doors at the moment. Chelsea got to try and find the green with Real Madrid if, if Courtois go in there. They've also been linked with Schmeichel as well and also Alisson, who obviously looks like he's going to Liverpool as well. So, um, still early doors in this in this um, uh, deal. If anything was to happen, but I don't think anything will be forced to be to, to be done. If you like, because I think Czech's happy where he is. Yeah, I, and I agree. I feel like it's just a convenient story to write um, for the journalists at the moment. You know, Thibaut Courtois is likely to be on his way. Czech has got links to Chelsea. He might not be Arsenal's number one next season. That remains to be seen. Mm. So it just feels like a really convenient story to write, doesn't it? Um, speaking of goalkeepers, David Ospina, um, mm-hmm. there is growing sort of speculation that he may look to move on now. It's, it seems to come up every summer, um, he, you know, being a good goalkeeper as he is, because he is a good goalkeeper. He's Colombia's number one. I think he's quite underrated at times. Mm-hmm. Will he feel now that it's time to move on? You know, now he's probably got Leno and Czech in front of him. Surely now it's time to move on and, and try and get sort of first-team football elsewhere. What do you think about that one? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that, Harry. I think, um, like you said, um, Leno's come in uh, and should be number one, in my opinion. Um, as it stands, Czech's obviously going to be the number two. We've obviously got um, Martinez, who's come back from loan um, and actually looked pretty good in pre-season, to be fair, in the little videos I've seen of him. And um, when I watched him uh, before he went out on loan uh, last season, I was quite impressed with him. I think he'd improve, he's improved as a goalkeeper. So I think he deserves a chance as well. Um, Matt Macy coming through is coming through the ranks as well. Good, good young goalkeeper. Um, so I think um, it's probably best if Ospina was to move on now, you know, uh, I think, like you said, he's he's shown glimpses of, a, of being a very good goalkeeper at times, and um, he is capable of putting in some really good performances uh, between the posts. And um, you know, I think you know he probably deserves to be playing a bit more regularly, and um, hopefully, he can find the team that, that you know that fits fits into that. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if he, he left between now and the uh, end of the transfer window. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Chris, have you got an update for us on the Aaron Ramsey situation? Because this is one that we're starting to get a little bit nervous about. Aaron Ramsey going into the final year of his contract. Really important player for us. Unai Emery has stressed how much he features in his plans for next season. Is there any update? Is he looking to sign a deal? Or is there a possibility we might sell and just cut our losses? Um, well, I, I wish I had the answer to that one, Harry. But unfortunately, I don't. Um, it's something that uh, has obviously been going on for quite a while now. Um, but um, we, what is clear to see is that talks are continuing um, and if you want to carry it over from last season it seems that now Arsenal are a bit more confident in, in agreeing a new deal for with Aaron so um, I, I, I mean personally I remain quite confident he'll, he'll stay um, I'm, I'm quite hopeful um, obviously anything can happen you know but I think Emery, um, Emery obviously has come out and said anyway that he, he finds Aaron is a very very important player to this team he's he's confirmed that he's told the club that as well and there, there's been talks on that side as well about how important Ramsey can be um, so um, you know I think it's just we've just got to be patient with it you know I think um, I really hope he does stay because I think he, he he's a, he's a, he's a brilliant player and I think he can be actually a fantastic captain as well, um, a leader. Um, 
And obviously, Aaron said, you know, when Emery came in um, at the start, just before the start of the season, he said that he was really excited. He couldn't wait to get back and, and start training and uh, meeting the boss. And he's looked really happy pre-season, focused, um, as of all of the boys. And um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, um, hopefully the, 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 the weight will pay off and a deal can be agreed. Yeah, fingers crossed that one gets sorted sooner rather than later. Um, Chris, we've got a couple mm. of questions that have come in via Twitter. Um, in the last 24 mm-hmm. hours. This one is from at Colassinator with two eyes. Um, are we still in for Suyonchu? Into your All right, yeah, um, the Turkish him? centre-back. Um, That's right. Uh, well, I, I haven't spoken to his agent for a while now. The last time I spoke to him was, was last month and he, he said that he was hoping um, uh, an agreement could be found in the first week of, of this month, which obviously seems to have haven't hasn't been the case unless they're keeping it pretty quiet with with a club or or freiburg whether he's extending or not i, I don't believe he'll be staying there maybe not um because he's had so much interest from other teams um so um i think if if freiburg are open to to selling and um an agreement could be made i think you know arsenal um are a potential destination for him still because um, I know Sven Mislintat rates him very, very highly. Um, and he's, he's a very um, exciting centre-back, young centre-back who's um, got a lot of potential. So, I mean, in my in my opinion, Harry, we've got quite a lot of centre-backs um, at the club at the moment. So, again, it, with that one, it might be a case of, of um, selling first. I mean, Mustafi's been linked with moves away. Um, Holden's been linked with loan moves as way, uh, way as well so it's a bit of a difficult one with that one because in my opinion we've got quite a few centre-backs at the moment so the club will need to if any deal was going to happen with a centre-back they'd have to obviously be looking at um, outgoings as well I think Yeah my, my only concern is that you know and, and I've been a big critic of Shkodran Mustafi I thought he was poor last season he frustrates me because there's certain games where he turns up and he looks brilliant and there are other games where he looks like an absolute cowboy. And so it, it becomes all the more frustrating. Yeah. But if Shkodran Mustafi was to leave the club, we'd be short of experienced centre-backs, wouldn't we? Yeah. Because it looks like Lauren Koscielny is going to be out for a while now. Um, yeah, so we'd end up with sort of holding Chambers, uh, Mavrobano, Sogradis is experienced, but that's one of the four. So I, yeah. I'd be a bit worried about letting Mustafi go based on the fact that we lack experience. Um, across the rest of that back line in particular. A lot of people are talking about Nacho Monreal. Um, some saying that, you know, because of his age, it's time that we just sort of shifted him on. What are your thoughts on that? Because I personally believe that Nacho was our most consistent defender last season. We don't have another left back at the club, aside from Sead Kalasinac. So for me, it would make absolutely zero sense to get rid of him. And, and I just think, Surely that's that's a bit harsh, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, I've been I've been reading the reports linking him to Sociedad in Spain, and um, it seems that they're fairly keen on him. Um, but also at the same time, Monreal's not in you know fussed about it. To be fair, he seems happy at Arsenal. Um, seems happy where he is and um, his role in the squad. Again, it's it's I think it with any potential deal, it does it it remains to be seen whether or not we can get a, a replacement in. I think, you know, like you mentioned with, with Mustafi, um, would be short in that position again if, if uh, Monreal was to leave. So, um, and Mustafi, sorry. So, 
I think um, a lot of it depends on replacement as well. Um, and um, I mean, Monreal has been a good good servant to us. I think he's been, he's been a really good player as well. Um, and like you said, probably one of the most consistent defenders at the club as well. Um, and, and has that experience there as well. So um, I'd be pretty disappointed to see Monreal leave. But um, again, um, it, obviously, there's been quite a lot of talk about funding uh, the sales and stuff to 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 make another move for another player to improve the squad. So remains to be seen with that one. But um, I, I personally hope Monreal stays. Yeah, me too. Certainly. Um, last question, Chris. This one is from at Gunning for AFC, and he says, "Are we looking to buy a winger? What do you think? Do you think the club are actively looking for a wide man and um, to sort of bolster the squad a little bit?" Yeah, I think I think they are. Um, there's been throughout the summer. There's been continuous links with wingers, um, and um, I think uh, I think Emery probably realises um, that the the squad maybe lack a little bit of depth in that position as well. Um, so um, um, that's the, that's probably the one position that I'd like to see just um, put the icing on the cake for what has been a, a very good um, uh, transfer window for us. I think um, if we can, if we can get a, a good winger in, um, then uh, um, I think that will that will be that be good a good ending. So um, you know, obviously we're linked to numerous amount of players. Um, uh, again, um, like Henry said in his press conference the other day, if there if there becomes a, a really good opportunity to get a really good player in that could sort of improve the team and the depth of, of, of the squad, then I think they'll get it done. Um, but it might be one that goes down to the wire. You don't really know. Obviously, the transfer window is closing a little bit earlier this time round. So. Um, um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we can get sort of a, a deal done with a winger. Yeah, yeah, be interesting to see how that develops. Certainly, mm. um, Chris, thank you for joining me once again, and uh, look thank forward you, to speaking to you again soon. You too. That was the brilliant Chris Davison, and you can follow him on Twitter at cdavison underscore afc. Ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of another episode of the Chronicles of Aguna. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Chronicles underscore AFC. Subscribe to our feed on iTunes and please, please leave us a review. We'll be back next week with another action-packed show. Take care.